What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pixies Podcast. I am your host. I am Will Brinson. I have no voice. It's getting a little bit better as the day goes along. Apologies in advance. Today is Monday morning. You're getting the podcast a little bit later than normal um, because of some travel issues and the timing with recording. So, you know, there you go. Uh, we're going to have – so I was in Vegas for with Odd Shark, the folks from Odd Shark, and – we were signing up for the Super Contest, which, if you don't know about it, you pick five NFL games uh, each week against the spread, and whoever gets the most wins like $1.5 million. So it was with Pete Prisco and Nick Costas, and we will have a two shows. We got audio. We did a big show um, from a suite in Vegas live, and we will have the audio for that to you Hopefully by tomorrow and Wednesday, we're going to split it up, AFC, NFC, previewing the whole season, making our full picks and all that. Um, the plan was, yikes, really did lose my voice. The plan was to have that audio to you today and tomorrow. And that's sort of why this is running late, technical issue. And uh, so I'll just talk in this voice for like 20 minutes. It's going to be a shorter show today, maybe, because of especially when my son wakes up and comes against me. Anyway. Recording this on Monday morning. Incredible weekend for the NFL. You could tell that football is really back because we started to get a ton of news this weekend. Like, it's been slow for a while, right? And, of course, this weekend was the Hall of Fame induction. Uh, you know, I think if you, you go back and look at the highlights, this is a, this is a cool class because it's this crop of guys who were part of the first, not, not the first celebrity group, but like this guy, these guys who played in the, the mid 2000s, right? And are now, they played like in the late 90s to mid 2000s and were just part of, like you have the diva wide receivers, Randy Moss and Terrell Owens. I mean, they're the two greatest diva wide receivers of all time. They were the, the, you know, the, 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 the forefathers, if you will, for the, you know, for the, for the modern diva wide receiver. And, you know, you have defensive players, three defensive players and Brian Dawkins, Ray Lewis and Brian Erlacher, who just changed the way that the game operated. I mean, Erlacher, the modern NFL linebacker, right? Um, you know, Ray Lewis, of course, for whatever you think about Ray Lewis, for whatever reasons, an incredible football player. Uh, you know, you could see when Ray Lewis, as Ray Lewis got older and the game became more passing oriented, Ray Lewis wasn't able to stay on the field as much, uh, make as much of an impact. And of course he's older, but I mean, you know, he, he and Erlacher, were, I mean, it just, they just changed the games in terms of, in terms of being linebackers. Brian Dawkins, a ball hawking, thumping, you know, just killer safety and an embodiment of everything that, that Philadelphia, uh, loves. And so some of the highlights in John Breach, by the way, my colleague, I was hoping to get him on. Don't know that's going to happen, uh, just because of the timing again. But Breach is in, uh, Chattanooga. I recommend you check out his piece on Terrell Owens. Though Terrell Owens did a really good job with his speech. He said, you know, he had everybody stand up. He said, if, if you've ever been alone, uh, you know, stand up. This is for you. If you've ever been isolated, stand up. This is for you. And you look at the whole crowd and everyone's standing up. And Terrell Owens made an impact with his speech, which is not what you would expect on other people. It's not what you expect Terrell Owens to do. You expect Terrell, Terrell, Terrell Owens to make it, you know, Talk about himself for 30 minutes, and he, and he didn't do that. And he, he also bashed, of course, the Hall of Fame process. And he's not wrong. Like, even if he's – even if he didn't need to be – like, even if 
there were reasons why Terrell Owens was kept out of the Hall of Fame, and those reasons were that he was a bad teammate, and those reasons are true, and he was a bad teammate. That doesn't mean he should have been kept out based on the Hall of Fame rules. And he, there does seem to be an agenda sometimes with these writers. And so good for Terrell Owens for taking a stand and saying that he's not going to play ball by, you know, whatever the rules are. I, I don't mind it. I mean, everybody could have been a bigger adult in this entire process on both sides of it. But T.O. did his own thing, and he did it in a pretty classy way. And he didn't thrash anybody, and he didn't make a big scene about it. So um, go for T.O. It's cool speech. Good job by Breacher uh, going out and checking that out. Dawkins came in and doing that, like, signature crab crawl, the killer crab crawl or whatever it is, flying into the state, flying into the, 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 the stage like, like he would, you know, coming into the, to go into a game for the Eagles. Um, had some really revealing comments. Earlier in the week he had uh, talked about how, you know, he had battled depression his entire career. And – he, he noted that, you know, it's, it was true and that, and that he also, uh, you know, he wanted to kill himself because he, he wanted to give his wife the money. And I mean, like to say that in the middle of a Hall of Fame induction speech is, is pretty, pretty amazing. You know, he said, everything I did, I did on the back of pain. Uh, really heartfelt job by Brian Dawkins. He also, you could tell that is again, just a living embodiment of Eagles fans. Said you don't have you don't have money to waste. You spent hard earned money to drive out here and celebrate with your boy. He started beating the microphone so hard that the you know the the freaking like the the uh, about the little guards on the microphones popped off and fell down. And he said, "Thank you so much for loving me the way I love you." Uh, really good speech by Brian Dawkins. No surprise there. He's as emotional as they come, and the Eagles fans. Losing their minds for Doc, who, uh, one of the signature guys from those Jim Johnson, uh, defenses and, and, and the Andy Reid Eagles teams that were so good for so long in that stretch of time. Ray Lewis, of course, um, as <laughs> Ryan Wilson wrote on the, on our piece online, he wrote, it'll, it may come, there's no surprise that Ray Lewis is the only member of this Hall of Fame class who declined to use the podium to speech. Ray's walking around the stage, talking in purple pants. Doing a, doing a squirrel dance, uh, with Jonathan Ogden. You know, of course he was. Ray, every, everything you would expect Ray Lewis to do, Ray Lewis did. And I think I saw, uh, Dan Hansis tweet out that he's like an underrated humble brag, right? Ray Lewis is like, I'd like to thank the, the president of this, uh, you know, third world country for, for allowing me to build wealth in this country. It's like, what do you, why would you, th- don't thank him. <laughs> like you built the wells, dude. You're just telling people you built wells. Um, Ray Lewis, a lot of, a lot of mixed feelings about Ray Lewis for a lot of people, uh, but there's no doubt about it. He was one of the great linebackers of all time. Randy Moss, probably my favorite guy to hear talk because I love his southern drawl. And, you know, Moss is, Moss is a complicated and misunderstood dude. And w- uh, he's not the greatest wide receiver of all time because Jerry Rice is, but Moss is, might be the most talented wide receiver of all time. It's like Jerry Rice is Tom Brady and, and, and Randy Moss is Aaron Rodgers. You know, maybe everything didn't click in order to get him the perfect group of accolades that would put him over the top. And Jerry Rice is the GOAT, don't get me wrong. But Randy Moss is one of the all-time freaks. And you can see, he's like, meet me at the town center, y'all. Talking about Rand, West Virginia, the little... um town, the little unincorporated town in, in West Virginia he comes from. He's like, he was telling people to meet him at the town center tomorrow at 430. He's going to bring the gold jacket back there. Uh, you know, he had a, he had a tough entry into the NFL to, to bounce around a couple colleges, Florida State, 
uh, Notre Dame Yankee scholarship. Marshall finally played at Marshall in West Virginia, gets drafted, bypassed by the Cowboys, selected by the Vikings, plays with Chris Carter and Dante Culpepper, blows up in Minnesota, of course. Um, but you know, he came from a single mom and, and he talked about how he, nobody checked on him. Nobody checked on the town and nobody checked on the kids. They just grew up in the streets of we're in West Virginia and that it's, you know, he, he, he didn't come from a place, from an easy place is the point there. Uh, so it, again, emotional speech by, by Randy Moss, uh, certainly to no one's surprise. Brian Erlacher, fantastic job as well. Again, no surprise. And he, I like how he listened to himself in the, he's like, he's like, Singletary, butt kiss, me, which I would do too if I were Brian Urlacher. Uh, I also like that his, um, his, uh, his bust in Canton is his balls, even though Brian Urlacher magically has, has hair now. All right. Moving along to, I think that's all I did. I miss anything else. If, you, if, if I miss anything in the, in the, uh, from the, from the Hall of Fame things, let me know. Um, I'm sure you guys want my opinion on Jerry Kramer and, uh, and, and the other, and the, and Robert Brazil, right? That's what you came here for. Um, other news from the NFL, Corey Coleman traded on Sunday night. That one actually worked out in my favor for this podcast purposes because that means that I get to talk about it, uh, even though if I had recorded earlier, I would have been hosed. Um, as Peter King pointed out on Twitter, Cleveland had 11 first-round picks in the eight drafts between 2009 and 2016. None of them are left on the team. If you go through this list, it is a who's who of mistakes. Here's uh, from Field Yates on Twitter, just because I don't have the list in front of me. Brown's first rounders from 2012 to 2016. Trent Richardson traded after one year. Brandon Whedon cut after two years. Marquevious Mingo traded after three years. Justin Gilbert traded after two years. Johnny Manziel cut after two years. Danny Shelton traded after three years. Cam Irving traded after two years. And now Corey Coleman traded after two years. That is how you go one and 31 over a two year span is that you take eight first round picks. From 2012 to 2016, that is a lot of first-round picks, and you miss on every single one of them. I mean, that it's it's almost hard to do. It's harder. That's harder to do than going 16 and 0 in a season. It's to take eight first-round picks from 2012 to 2016 and miss on every single one. Of them. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like, I think it, I think it'd be easier. It's it's easier to go 0 and 16 or to go 16 and 0 in the NFL than it is to miss on eight first round picks. Um, and, and it's, look, it speaks to the Browns and the, what they've done in terms of not being patient with the front office, not being, not putting the right people in place, um, not having, bouncing around with different strategies. Like you, you're going to commit to analytics and a rebuild and then, you know, you, you blow it all up at once. Um, of course they have two more first round picks this year, Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward, uh, just playing throughout their rookie contracts. Finishing on their rookie deals would be an improvement for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they are trading, by the way, Corey Coleman uh, was traded to the Bills for a seventh-round pick in 2020, which means he was traded for nothing. That is, I mean, it's literally nothing. Uh, that was That is a we-were-going-to-cut-him-anyway trade. And the worst part about it for the Browns is that Corey Coleman – is the guy, of course, that they took in the uh, 2016 draft when they famously traded down with the Philadelphia Eagles. Got a big haul back for that. Uh, traded down with the Eagles so the Eagles could come up and get Carson Wentz. Of course, the Eagles have since won the Super Bowl. Um, Carson Wentz didn't play in it, but Carson Wentz was a big part of how they won the Super Bowl. And, you know, look, this 
the Browns are not good, and you you hope they'll get better. They've certainly added a ton of talent this offseason. I think you know, whether you like Jarvis Landry or not, whether you like Tyrod Taylor or not, you know, they're upgraded at positions. Their defense is getting better. They've got they've got first round picks that have shown something, or they got picks that have shown something in recent years. I mean, I like Baker Mayfield, even though he probably won't play this year. Miles Garrett flashed a lot while he was you know while he was out there last year. Um, you know, Jabril Peppers stood really far away from the line of scrimmage, and that was exciting. But they 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 have a lot of players. They have some players, I guess, um, who have who have looked pretty good, uh, and the Browns will be better. But it's a reminder that when you miss on first round picks for that stretch of time, it is going to cause your franchise and your team to crater. And that's exactly what happened with the Browns. For the Bills side of this, it tells you a lot about how bad that depth chart is that Corey Coleman might see. Might be a starter. I mean, right now it's Kelvin Benjamin. We'll get more on him in a second. Uh, and Zay Jones. And, and then Corey Coleman. I mean, you know, he's, like, he's a 24. It, it makes, it makes total sense for the, for the Bills here to try and get a guy in Corey Coleman, 24 year old wide receiver, first round talent, or for, you know, drafted in the first round at the very least. Um, raw coming out of Baylor, but, but, you know, you get him for nothing. Seventh round pick in, in 2020, right? You get him for nothing. You throw him on the depth chart. You need to get some talent at wide receiver. And it, it says a lot about the Bills and where their roster and their depth chart is this year that Corey Coleman, who the Browns don't want, even though he's got two years left on his deal, his rookie contract, uh, that the Bills are willing to take him and might end up putting him on the field at a pretty regular basis. Um, the aforementioned Kelvin Benjamin had a weekend. He, uh, did a Q&A with The Athletic, and I don't know if he did it on Friday or not, but he was, he was mad whenever he did it. He did this interview with The Athletic, and he said, asked about his time in Carolina. Of course, he was traded by the Panthers, also a former first round pick, traded for nothing to, uh, to, to third and seventh round pick, traded from Carolina to Buffalo. He said, I mean, I felt like I would have been even more successful if, I don't know, man, if I would have, Looking back on it, I should have just been drafted by somebody else. I should have never went to Carolina. Truly, I just think Carolina was bad for me. It was a bad fit from the get-go. If you would have put me with any other quarterback, let's be real, you know what I'm saying? Any other accurate quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or Eli Manning or Big Ben, anybody, quarterbacks with knowledge that know how to place a ball and give you a better chance to catch the ball. It just felt like I wasn't in that position. Woo! Man, I, this is, this is the, this is the hottest take of the offseason. I mean, look, Cam Newton isn't the most accurate quarterback in the world, but Carolina's produced some pretty good wide receivers. Steve Smith had a rebound season with Cam Newton. Greg Olson's the first tight end in, I think, NFL history with three straight thousand yard seasons with Cam Newton. Uh, Ted Ginn had a great year with Cam Newton. When Kelvin Benjamin got hurt and tore his ACL in 2015 and missed the entire season, Cam Newton won the MVP and the Panthers went to the stinking Super Bowl. Kelvin Benjamin is slow, tall, out of shape, can't catch the ball. Not the red zone threat he should be, not the deep ball threat. He's a, he's a poor man's Mike Evans. Homeless man's Mike Evans. Um, bad first, I mean, look, he, it's a bad first round pick. He wasn't, he didn't, he, he wasn't great. And, and he's, the funny part is he said, again, put me with anybody, 
He said, just put me with any accurate quarterback, anybody, and I would have been better. I got some bad news, Pally. You're now on a team with A.J. McCarron, Nathan Peterman, and Josh Allen. If Kelvin Benjamin thinks that life is going to get easier for him moving forward on the Buffalo Bills, he is in it for a very, very, very rude awakening. Life is not going to get easier for him on the Buffalo Bills. Um, and by the way, once we get through the news, I, I meant to mention this up top, but uh, I forgot. Uh, I got some some futures that we put in at Vegas. Some over-unders, some uh, prop bets, and so we'll go through those. I know you guys like those because you always email me about uh, what to take. If you got any questions, if you, if, as always, you can email me, willbrinson at gmail.com. If you have fantasy football questions, if you just want to berate me for my voice, if you want to ask me what I did in Vegas, um, if you want to uh, ask me for about future bets, and I'll tell you those in here after we get through all the news, you can tweet me at Will Brinson. You tweet the podcast at Pick Six Pod. Please follow if you like the podcast and you listen to it. Rate, review, subscribe. If you leave those ratings and those iTunes reviews, it helps us climb the charts. It helps the boss folks say, "Oh man, Will Brinson must be doing a pretty good job," or like, "Oh man, like." Princeton's hustling. Um, and so all, all of those things are appreciated. I'm going to look at the charts right now. I wonder if we see like it. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm far too dependent on, uh, on, on, on my ranking, on my ranking in life. That's, it's sad. I know it's sad. I shouldn't be that way, but I am. So, uh, by all means, subscribe, rate and review. It helps push the podcast up the charts. If you leave those nice notes, um, Sony Michelle suffered a knee injury. The Georgia rookie running back for the New England Patriots is going to have an extension, uh, excuse me, a, um, a, a procedure where he has fluid drained from his knee. That is concerning news to say the least. He was, being, he's being drafted very high in fantasy drafts, like surprisingly high, um, where, you know, people, I think people think he's just going to be Deion Lewis 2.0, like guaranteed that Patriots offense. I don't, if you hear Bill Belichick talk about him, what he needs to work on is pass protection, right? All rookies do. Every rookie running back needs to work on pass protection coming into the NFL. It's just something that, you know, it's even if you're decent at it, like Zeke Elliott was really good at it coming out of college, you still have to get better at it at the NFL level because it's harder. They're not going to put this guy out there if he's injured and he can't protect Tom Brady. So I would highly suggest slowing your role on, on him in the redraft league. Certainly dynasty leagues. I love the talent. Incredible guy. Um, Rex Burkhead is the guy that you're going to want to own in this backfield and looking like he could be a legitimate option, uh, as like an RB2 or a flex for most people in those situations. Patriots, because they do what the Patriots do, will be fine in terms of depth at the position. They have lots of running backs. Uh, Jeremy Hill, Mike Gillespie, who, who isn't excited about that combo? The Eagles handed out extensions to Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman actually on the same day that the Browns traded Corey Coleman, which is kind of funny. That's a no-brainer move. I get that I picked – I get that I'm anti-Eagles or whatever, and I picked against the Eagles. But come on. Like, the Eagles are a great organization. Howie Roseman is an incredible GM. What The way he's done what he's done in terms of building out this roster in a short time after being excommunicated during the Chip Kelly era and then brought back to life um, – and the way that Doug Peterson has embraced analytics, uh, the way that ownership, Jeffrey Lurie is an incredible owner. And by the way, the 40,000 people, 40,000 people 
showed up to Eagles practice on Sunday. Pretty cool that I think they raised like $200,000 for the Eagles Autism Challenge, which is a great thing that Jeffrey Lurie, who's a great earner, is doing for the Eagles. So, so props out to him. Um, but it's a no brainer. Look, Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson just brought the Eagles their first ever Super Bowl title. You give them, you can give them a 10 year extension if you want. Um, you know, Jeffrey, Jeff Lurie fired Andy Reid. So nothing's guaranteed, even for the guys who brought a Super Bowl. But as, uh, you know, as Jason Lockenfora pointed out in this podcast last week, having been at, at Eagles training camp, it's very clear that there's a divide is different around just this team and the city. And you know, saw him at the celebrating Dawkins getting the Hall of Fame. I mean, they, they just, they seem happier. It's nice to have Eagles fans happy. I'm, I'm happy for Eagles fans that they would be happy. Um, Jim Ursay says the Colts wouldn't trade Jacoby Brissett for a first round pick. I don't believe him. Of course they would trade him for a first round pick. If you get, if you get it for a first round pick, you would, you would, you would, you would trade him. So I would give you a first round pick next year. You trade him. I, I don't know who would do it because there's just not a ton of teams right now. If you look around the NFL, most teams are invested at the quarterback position. There certainly would be interest in Jacoby Brissett, not at a first round pick price. Um, it also speaks, Jim Mercy says a lot of things that, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know. You never know, um, what he's talking about. He said Andrew Luck was going to play last year, week one. Andrew Luck didn't play at all last year. So don't, maybe don't listen to every single, every single word that Jim Mercy says. And that's fine. Uh, Johnny Manziel had a CFL debut on Friday night. I'm, ha- I'm proud to say that, uh, on, on the advice of, uh, one Pete Prisco. The, uh, I, I took part in the hashtag fade Manziel movement and the, uh, took the Hamilton Tiger Cats minus six and a half and they blasted the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Manziel threw like four picks in the first half. Uh, it was a brutal showing. Unfair spot for him though. Trade, remember he was traded from the Tiger Cats to the Alouettes whose coach is Mike Sherman, his old college coach from Texas A&M or, oh, no, sorry. I'm sorry. The guy who recruited him at Texas A&M, um, they actually had, uh, it was, uh, uh, not, oh my gosh. I'm drawing a blank on the, the Kevin Sumlin. Sorry. The, uh, Kevin Sumlin was his coach at, at, at Texas A&M, but Mike Sherman recruited him there. Uh, and it's tough to get traded and to dive into this being in the starting lineup and to go get your old team, uh, with the quarterback of Jeremiah Masoli, who people thought you might get, they might get benched for you. So there's, I mean, there's just all kinds of layers there and, and it's, it's just a tough spot for Johnny Mandel. And of course it did not work out well. I think that's all the news. Did I miss something? I may, I may have missed something. And if I did, I apologize deeply and sincerely to you. Oh, um, Jonathan Cyprian torn ACL for the Tennessee Titans. They lose a, uh, they lose a safety. They were contemplating someone, maybe Eric Reed, who's currently suing the Bengals. They ended up bringing in Kenny Vaccaro and signing him. And, uh, I think, I think that'll do it for the news portion of this program. You like a nice Monday morning voiceless 30 minute diatribe from your boy, don't you? You thinking you're going to get a hot, Vegas centric <laughs> podcast featuring me, Prisco Cosmos. And look, it's going to take me a little bit to clean it up because there might have been a swear word or two. It was awesome though. It's it, like, it, it'll be, it'll be worth the wait. I promise. We, Cause we're, we're in the same room, high energy, maybe a Miller light or two going down. And, um, and it was, it, we just went through and, and ranted on, on, on all the different, uh, on, I think at one point I called, 
I said, like, I called Eli Manning like a like a poor man's Alex Smith or something. I don't know. It's it's, it's pretty good. Um, Costas and I got into a huge fight on air about uh, about Eli Manning versus Philip Rivers, and it, it's as it's as entertaining as you might expect it to be. And so that'll be coming later this week. The uh, uh, some of the other just quick headlines: um, Drew Brees, Marcus Marcus Williams having a great training camp, a preseason for the Saints, uh, it, and uh, Drew Brees compared him to a likely Hall of Fame safety. You know, you wish that you wish that somebody who did the headline could just tell you who it was, but it was Ed Reed, which was the highest possible compliment. And by the way, if you haven't seen the picture of Ed Reed on my Twitter feed. Go look at it, or the Ravens Twitter feed. He was at the Hall of Fame ceremony for Ray Lewis, and uh, and Jonathan Ogden was there, of course, too. And Ed Reed's walking around. He's wearing this, the local oyster hat, which is a bar in Baltimore. He's got a cigar hanging out of his mouth. He's got these big sunglasses on. He's like, you know, signature like uh, is a grayish beard, and and he's he's wearing this a Super Bowl ring on like a like a chain or a rope around his neck. It's it's unbelievable. He's the coolest human being alive. Uh but but uh Adam Thielen says new Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins has been quote phenomenal in our two thousand eighteen. Wow, what a surprise. Uh Chris Harris sees the Broncos scoring quote at least thirty a game with Case Keenum under center. Amazing how all these new quarterbacks are doing uh so well <laughs> at these new spots in the preseason. Richard Sherman is going to be out for the preseason debut against the Cowboys with a hamstring issue. That is something to watch for the long haul and certainly concerning if you hope that he is an impact player for the 49ers. Um, I, one of the themes from being in Vegas, just talking with, uh, you know, various people, you know, there are a lot of people who are into, uh, into the over-unders, right? I mean, you're in Vegas, but there are a lot of people who are who are into sports betting that we were hanging out with uh, a lot of uh, David Fuscillo who runs NinersNation.com and works at SB Nation um, is a 49ers guy and he, and he I mean like I think the I think the sense of the 49ers is that maybe we got a little far out ahead of ourselves and maybe Vegas did too because they set the they opened the over under at nine it's now down to eight uh, it feels like feels like the 49ers everything has to break right for them to go to the playoffs. Um, so maybe maybe we got a little too hyped up about them. If Richard Sherman isn't playing, that secondary is suddenly not very deep. It's worth monitoring. John Gruden is not thrilled with Martavis Bryant. Quote, he's got to get out of here and play better. They traded a third-round pick for Martavis Bryant. And Martavis Bryant has a history of being kind of a, a troublemaker, a problem child. That's why the Steelers got rid of him. It's almost surprising that Gruden surprised. Uh, and... Uh, I don't know how I'm feeling about the Raiders. Jordy Nelson getting rave reviews in training camp, but again, he's a new face in a new place. Everybody gets rave reviews except for Martavis Bryant. And uh, speaking of the Raiders, let's use them to segue into these over-under bets, these future bets that I put down. And we'll start with, I'm going to sort through these tickets. i hide them in my vault. We'll start with the, like I said, well, if I could find it, good Lord, Will. Uh, we'll start with the Raiders. Over under eight wins. The price is minus one ten. Give me the under. It's one of the bigger bets. Um, I think I took like basically I took like uh, three hundred bucks and sprinkled it across seven bets. So these are these are not high. Like fifty dollars. So you win win a hundred. Um, for me, the Raiders are 
gonna, I think the Raiders come out and win in week one and beat the Rams at home on that late night Monday game and really surprise the people. And by the way, we're gonna be doing this podcast every day during the regular season. So like, when you wake up on Tuesday morning after week one and you, you're not gonna stay up for that second game unless you're, if you're a college or like in your third, you know, in your twenties, you, you'll do it. But like, if you're somebody my age who doesn't do a podcast or doesn't write about football for a living and you have a job, you're not going to stay up until 2 a.m. and watch the stinking Raiders and Rams. But you know who is? Your boy. We'll stay up and we'll do, we're going to do a podcast after, the podcast is going to be set up um, where, again, like every morning with the exception of this morning, it'll be in your inbox first thing. And so you'll be able to get the recap from Monday Night Football, the recap from Thursday Night Football, uh, the recap from all the Sunday games. You know, we're gonna, we want to make sure you get the news first thing and that you can catch up on the NFL. That's our goal of the podcast. So Raiders under eight. I like that one. I think the Raiders could go six and ten. I think the Raiders could go four and twelve. I, I think that if things go south with Oakland and Tom Cable, the offensive line isn't great. I mean, Colton Miller starting at left tackle. Uh, if Derek Carr doesn't mesh perfectly out of the gate with the Raiders. I think that you can see some serious infighting with that team and some questions about uh, the long haul. Khalil Mack still not in camp. They still haven't worked out a deal. Doesn't sound like he's going to get into camp uh, until they work out a deal either. So uh, that should be a concern, certainly. Do you guys want hard knocks recaps? Do I need to recap hard knocks for you? I probably do, don't I? All right, we'll do that too. I think that's this week. Might be Tuesday on HBO. Tuesday night, the Browns are going to be exciting to watch. The other over-under that I took, only took two over-unders, hmm. at least out in Vegas anyway. Uh, you'll hear me mention some more at some at various points. Um, the Redskins over. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I am all over with the Washington Redskins. Um, I'm tempted to make a very stupid bet on them or a very stupid pick, but I don't want to ruin them. Over seven, and it's even. And... I might be wrong about the Giants and the Cowboys, and they might be better. I think they'll be better than they were last year, or at least they'll be. The Cowboys will be equivalent in terms of where they'll be in the win range, like six to nine wins or something like that. Um, Dak Prescott hasn't thrown a touchdown in the preseason or offseason yet uh, in training camp. That's that's a slight concern. That's weird. I, I think those wide receivers are going to struggle. I think Washington will be a much healthier team. I believe that Darius Geis is going to be a dominant running back, and I love the Redskins over. At seven, I, I almost I wanted to take the Redskins. I got the Redskins to win the division too, as a side, um, not not on this ticket list. But I think the Redskins will. That's I just think there's good value there. It's like eight to one, nine to one, depending on where you get it. Maybe seven to one. I think there's good value there, and so I like the Redskins to win the division. I don't mind uh, Redskins to make the playoffs. It was three to one in Vegas, but I think the problem, the reason I like the the over at seven better than the the three to one to make the playoffs is that. They could easily go eight and eight. You just get some bad luck down the stretch, or you go nine and seven and don't make the playoffs, and then you're just really annoyed. You're really annoyed if you took that because you would have cashed the over seven. So I recommend going the over seven, especially at even money. You don't have to pay the juice on that. You just double your delight. Um, let's see. We got two two Super Bowl bets. We we'll get to those in a second. The two division bets. I love this. I love this bet. The Packers, the Green Bay Packers, led by Aaron Rodgers, who is healthy, motivated, new offense, going to be stimulated by this new offense to win the NFC North plus one seventy-five. That's a little bit lower now. I would like two. I would like two to one, but it's pretty close, right? I mean, Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers plays sixteen games, they're going to be right there. 
Minnesota might be great, but I mean, the Packers can win. The Packers can go 12 and 4 with the healthy Aaron Rodgers, and Minnesota might win 11 games. The Packers can go 15 and 1 with the healthy Aaron Rodgers and a better defense. Mike Pettin's going to make that defense better. They got some running backs now. So Aaron Jones, who's suspended, but Jamal Williams, uh, Ty Montgomery's still there. I, love, I know they lost Jordy Nelson, but they got Jimmy Graham, they got Randall Cobb, they got Devontae Adams. I mean, they, they, and they have Aaron Rodgers. So you, you never get Aaron Rodgers at plus money. So I'm taking Aaron Rodgers at plus 175 to win the division, 50 on that to win. Uh, you get paid 137.50. You win 80, 87.50. That's a pretty good bet. Uh, the Chiefs, speaking of people who shouldn't have no business, um, being huge dogs in the division. The Chiefs and Andy Reid are plus 275 to win the AFC West. I like the Chiefs to win the AFC West. Now, you might say to yourself, hmm, Brinson is always talking about the Chargers. Yes, I love the Chargers. The Chargers are my team. I'll ride or die for the Chargers. I'm not going to pick the Chargers to win the Super Bowl, but if they win the Super Bowl, I'll be happy. I won't even care that I'm wrong. Uh, I'm not picking them because I don't want to curse them this year. But Andy Reid, since he got to... um to Kansas City, has won a lot of football games. In fact, he has won 11, 9, 11, 12, and 10. That's really good. Like, he's never won less than nine games with the, uh, with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's, and he's only won under 10 once, and he's won 11, 11, and 12. I mean, I get that he had Alex Smith, and I get that Patrick Mahomes is, you know, sort of like seven picks in training camp or whatever. Who cares? I mean, there's going to be ups and downs. As Ross Tucker put it perfectly last week on this podcast, he's going to look like Brett Favre in Brett Favre's early part of his career. He's going to be maddening. He's going to be frustrating. Um, but the Chargers shoot themselves in the foot every year. Andy Reid's a great coach. Their defense is going to be better than people think with Eric Berry coming back. they got Justin Houston. they got a good offensive line. They have Kareem Hunt. They have tons of weapons. They'll be explosive. They might be up and down. They might go 9-7. They might not win the division. But it's almost 3-1. to one to win the freaking AFC West, and Andy Reid does it all the time. So give me Andy Reid in that spot. Uh, this is not going to make people happy, but that's fine. Uh, putting my money where my mouth is on the Philadelphia Eagles. Frank Schwab and I both on the Eagles to miss the playoffs. We're betting that bet. Plus 220, which is surprisingly low. Like, it should be like 8-1 to one or something, um, which I guess you could say is not good value. But the Eagles to miss the playoffs – of course, if the Eagles beat the Redskins twice, I'm probably in trouble. Uh, I need the Redskins certainly to win one of those games. But I, I just think that you could see the Eagles come back a little bit and somebody else jump up in that division. It's been a long time since somebody's won that division two times in a row. And finally, two Super Bowl bets. One, this is going to be my official pick once it's up on the site, the Atlanta Falcons to win the Super Bowl. I just think they're, they're going to click this year. And I think they're going to have a great defense that comes out of the gate gelling together for Dan Quinn. They did the smart thing. They got Julio Jones taken care of. They signed their left tackle. They're going to sign Grady Jarrett. They got their coach and their their GM with extensions. There's a lot of continuity and a lot of stability with that organization. It's a tough, it's a tough division. No doubt about it. I think the Panthers will take a little bit of a step back. They don't get the Falcons without Jameis, but I don't know the, I mean, the, the Bucks without Jameis. I don't know the Bucks are going to be great. Um, and the Saints can be, the Saints can be incredible. I, you know, my initial pick, I was on time to shine with Adam Shine and I had the Chargers over the, the Saints. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints won the division. I wouldn't be worried if the Saints won the division. The Falcons can win as a wild card. I just think they have the quarterback that people are underestimating, a good run game, a great, potentially great defense, an elite wide receiver. Good offensive line. They had their, they're very well balanced and people are sort of sleeping on them. 16 to 1, not terrible, but not great. Um, 
Depending if, if you cash it, sixteen to one's great. And then finally, uh, my boy Paulo Antunes from Brazil. Little, little nice, uh, nice accent I got there. Paulo, Paulo and I are uh, buddies. Paulo is like the Joe Buck of of, of Brazil. Seriously, he works for ESPN Brazil. Good Twitter follow. And uh, and he and I, he convinced me to take the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. I like I like the Ravens this year. I'm already on the over, as you guys probably know for listening to the show. And they are they're fifty to one. The logic there is their defense could be great. They could have a strong running game. And if Joe Flacco his backs against the wall like Alex Smith last year, he could go on a bender. And if he gets in the playoffs, you don't want to bet against Joe, quote, Montana Flacco. So those are the bets for Vegas. Uh, we'll have more on the Vegas shows when Pete Briscoe or when, when we get the audio. Me, Pete Briscoe, Nick Costas. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. And, uh, and hopefully I'll have my voice back by, uh, by Tuesday. Talk to you guys tomorrow.